0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene. Brittany and I are joining you today and we are talking about some of our favorite technologies and products that just make our lives so much easier and straightforward and more simple. We're always talking about doing more with less. So we're excited today to talk about some of the things we use that we just love personally and and make our lives better and our patients' lives better. Um, I want to preface this podcast with saying that I'm currently experiencing a little thunderstorm at my house. So if you hear some rumbles in the background, that's what's going on. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's kick this off. Uh, Brittany, where do you say, what do you love? What are you using every day that, that really resonates and makes your life easier?
1: Oh man, we are about to dive deep <laughs> into this. So there is a complete... Actually, I think it's an incomplete list, but I think to make a complete list of all the things that we love and all the the products and the technologies that we use and recommend regularly would take like hours to divulge. So we have simplified and condensed everything here. And I know that we're going to start by talking about the Itero, which is I think in and of itself enough uh, content to have a complete podcast on just the Itero, if we're being honest. If we really dove deep, so we're kind of giving an overview today. But let's start with the iTero scanner.
0: Um, let me me ask you really quick. How long have you guys been using that?
1: Uh, for I've been with the practice for almost eight years now. And we actually, I'm sorry, almost seven years now. And we've used it the entire time that I've been there. I know that Dr. Craig has been using it for years before that, when it was like first generation, I don't know when it first came out, Um, but he's been doing Invisalign for, for so long that I know that for him, it's probably been more than a decade yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly how long
0: and admittedly I we are newbies to itero in in my practice uh, we actually just got it at the end of this last year end of 2020 so' I'm, I'm still kind of feeling my way around and learning it but oh my gosh I'm obsessed it is super cool technology it is amazing
1: and I think that a lot of hygienists when they are and I, and I just know this because I've heard from my own, team and like i hear from a lot of hygienists what thoughts race through their mind when they consider adding another thing to our shrinking hour or another thing to the new patient appointment you know another like baseline data gathering tool like this But it, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, you're you're taking about five minutes longer in in an appointment. So five minutes, those are precious minutes. Yeah. However, like the ROI on that is ridiculous from like a financial standpoint because of enrolling things like Night Guards, Invisalign, um, PerioProtect. Like there's so many tools yeah. Yeah. on the Itero, um, but also from like a time saving standpoint because there are also tools in the iTero where you can directly download images, you know? So it's like, in some instances that can take the place of photographs unless you're doing like a cosmetic case, you know, but like the foot, the, the photo technology and like the colors and the, and the recording of the teeth and the staining and the gingiva, the colors are getting a lot better. Whereas older generations of the iTero, now we have the uh, element 5D I wanna say, iTero element 5D and my concern with like past generations of this were that when we did a scan and we were using it for patient education, the gingiva wasn't adequately or accurately representational of what the patient's gingiva actually looks like. So if it was cyanotic, it almost like muted important things, like important tones, you know, so the reds didn't look as red and like, that's a problem because that's part of educating. Right. So um, but the newer generations have gotten really good at Color matching and you can see like the occlusal staining. It's a great educational tool if you're trying to enroll sealants um, or something of that nature. So I like using it for those things, but really it is just so multifaceted. And, and I know now-
0: the patients are wowed by it. I mean, they, yes. you know, this is just it's the latest and greatest. It's this 3D, 3D technology, you know, you're spinning their their, um, you know, teeth around on the screen from all angles, getting them to show them all things. And it, you know, it didn't require any goopy impressions or, you know, a gag reflex issue, you know, it's just simple and easy. And the patients are just like, oh my gosh, that is like the coolest thing ever.
1: Right. And we've, we've at this point kind of streamlined adding this to our new patient assessment. And I'll just give some perspective on what our new patient appointment looks like. Just give an overview to kind of, um, give perspective on how this can be implemented pretty easily. So we have 90 minutes for a new patient appointment and in that time we take a pano, do a preclinical interview, uh, completely review medical history, address chief complaints, take an FMX, a 3D wellness scan with the iTero, a full series of photographs, comp perio charting, um, an oral cancer screening, And, um, hygiene, if it's a prophy perio maintenance or debridement, if it's more advanced therapy or the patient is uncomfortable or, you know, has a lot of anxiety, we may bring them back. And of course, this is all subject to alteration depending on the patient's needs. Right. Right. So we don't always do hygiene same day. It just depends, but we take 90 minutes, um, for this, this, you know, protocol To happen. So the way that that usually goes is we do the Pano first on the way in, we do the preclinical interview, which is like the meet and greet with the dentist review medical history. And then what I do first is I do the 3d wellness scan with the iTero. Um, We record it under uh, Invisalign plus I records that it can be transferred to almost any lab, basically. That's just the most dynamic way to record it in your system, because then you can add prescriptions. If something ends up morphing later, right? right after all the education and the patient enrolls, you can go back and add a night guard script. You can go back and submit the Invisalign case or add perioprotect or whatever, you know, that's just the most dynamic way to submit that. So I do that first and make sure that that is done first, because that takes a minute to upload right. and to be able to go back and access, right? So get that out of the way. Then if I have an assistant available, I'll take the, the photographs, then I'll do the FMX, and then I'll set the patient back and do their comp perio charting and their oral cancer screening. And then by the time I'm done with all of that, usually that iTero, the scan is done loading. Like right. it's it's in the iTero website. I can access the images. Uh, we can go look at the outcome simulator, or we can look at the, the 3D models or the quote unquote weather mapping, which is like the occlusal forces gram, you know, the occlusogram, I think occlusal gram, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, and we we call it weather mapping in Florida because, you know, we know all the Floridians know it that it red, is like bad. A radar. Mm-hmm. red is red is bad, green is good. So we're like, yeah, it's like a Florida weather map, you know, like the red we don't like and the green we like, you know, at least in the interiors we talk about the red we don't right. like. Right. Yeah, but that's yeah. but it's that's the easiest uh, way that we have found that it works. And the same thing in a recare appointment, we try and alternate doing an iTero scan with when the patient is due for bite wings. So on the non bite wing appointment, or if the patient doesn't have a chief complaint other than hygiene that day, and it's just recare, we'll do, we'll update a 3d, um, wellness scan. And that's really great for time-lapse purposes.
0: Yes. That's what right? I was going to say. It's really cool to watch from that aspect, especially mm-hmm. if you have patients that have recession and, you know, occlusal wear to kind of watch and see that changing over time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just really cool. So that's the only thing I think that you can't access from the iTero website that you need an actual iTero for is the time-lapse feature. I don't believe that's available just on a computer as of now, at least for our iTero rep for our Invisalign rep. Got
0: it. Got it. Well, I'll say that I have uh, been excited about it. You know, honestly, I use it. We do the same thing where we, we do that on our new patients as they're coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, And then also I like it for, you know, I do a lot of perio protect. Um, We have started using core whitening trays um, instead of making them in office just because they're really great quality. So that's a great thing too, is not having to take the time to take the impressions and get all that, all that out and clean that up. So that saves a lot of time on that front. Um, I love it. I, I recently have really fallen in love with it because I've had a couple of patients who've either had some anterior mobility. Or some significant recession, mm-hmm. and it's so cool to show them that "quote unquote" you know weather map or a gram for them to see and put together because they don't understand the concept of you know these. Abnormal forces on anterior teeth. Yeah. So when you can show them, it's like you just see the light bulb go off for them, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I totally get this, and I understand why I need to move these teeth into a more ideal position." Right. Opens the conversation for Invisalign or conventional ortho or whatever it is they need to really promote long-term health and wellness, and you know, obviously retaining their teeth. So that's one I've kind of geeked out about and got really excited about to show them because I just feel like. You've always tried to explain it in the past, but now you can actually show them. And so yeah. that gets me super excited. And then I think the NERI technology is really cool where you can actually see the decay interproximally. And I know our doctors really use that. And I think it's cool for the patients to see that the doctor's looking at the x-rays, he's looking at the Neary, he's looking in their mouth. Like it's a really thorough exam, looking at all these, all this cool technology to, to really pinpoint what's going on and treat them as effectively as possible.
1: Right, and the Niri um, for anyone who's not familiar with that is near infrared imaging, and um, it is a tool on the newest, Itero. I think it's. I'm, I'm probably like butchering it's all five D. I think you're it's right. Five D. I think it is okay. Um, and it's it's an option that you can select to identify uh, clinically using near infrared technology, um, whether or not there's. Um, interproximal decay starting, you know, small decay starting. So it's just another tool in addition to radiographs that we can use to detect things that are not clinically viewable or accessible. And one thing I love about what you just mentioned, the the fremitus and the class fives and the recession, that's one of, I think, the hardest things for patients to connect the dots on because it, it is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense to them from like a physical standpoint a lot of times like the occlusal wear I think makes a lot of sense because we're like oh yeah my teeth physically come together that makes sense that they're wearing on each other and I have these flat spots but the indirect forces or the indirect consequences of that the parts that don't physically touch each other is a little more confusing I think but I think it's really cool when you use the iTero you do a scan you tell the person they have fremitus and you tell them confidently we're going to see red on these two front teeth. Let's, let's look at the weather map because I can tell because of the way that, uh, you know, your teeth move when you, when you bite down, when you chop, 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 you know, that there's, that there's a problem here in regards to your bite. So let's just look at that and let's investigate, but it's really cool when you predict that traumatic occlusion and then it shows up and they're like, Oh wow. You magic science, science genie, you know, like they think it's like really
0: Uh, awesome. And then I love it when you transfer that to the Invisalign outcome simulator, because you can also look at occlusion on that so it can show you where they're hitting now versus where they will hit after Invisalign, and they can see, oh my gosh! So doing this process is going to get me out of that that habit and you know that trauma and protect everything. So I just right. think it's it, it kind of just sells itself. It's really really cool
1: functionally, yeah. And I love yeah. talking to patients about it from a functional standpoint, yes. and letting the aesthetic outcome be yes. the side effect yes. because I think a lot of people it, that's their major barrier, especially people I found who are over the age of like. 50 or 55, you know, a lot of people think of ortho as an aesthetic benefit, Correct. you know, the primary Correct. reason. And so when we come from like, I want functionally for you to keep your teeth for the rest of your life and your gum and your bone. And I'm concerned about the the uh, the long-term ramifications of leaving things the way that they are. And then saying, and the happy side effect is that your teeth will, you know, look nicer. They'll be straighter. They'll be more in alignment. Yep. You can even whiten your teeth. Like these are all the happy like extras kind of, but you're going to be functional. Isn't that great? And then those patients are more likely to enroll Um, I think when you come at it from that standpoint,
0: yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's a great tool. Great tool, great technology. And I I just want to add too. So we mentioned in regards to enrolling patients in anything that we do, the more of their senses that you can engage, meaning you let them hear something, you let them see something, you let them touch something like a model when they touch the iTero and get to play with it, like they would an iPad that is like one of the best enrolling tools. I don't know what it is, it's another interaction and it's another way that patients can familiarize or have a part in achieving their own health. And it's just like, I don't know what it is, but they love doing that. So we have patients enter their email address and we email them their scan and they can look at it at home and show their significant others. I haven't done that, but
0: that's a really cool idea.
1: Yes. Because you know, they're going to go home to their significant other or their friend and say like, oh, we talked about this. And their friend's going to say, yeah, but your teeth are fine. Like there's no, you know, I think a lot of times the significant others or the spouses or people who weren't there receiving the same level of education and information may talk them out of it because they're viewing it from how they've always viewed it as an aesthetic benefit. This is expensive. like. you know, but if you send them home with that tool, they can go home and educate their friend, you know, which is really, really a a plus.
0: Yeah. I just wrote that down because that's something I want to start doing. That's really, really cool. I didn't realize they could do that, that they could actually go home and play with the scan and move it all around and look at it. I
1: think that they can. Yeah. When they email it to themselves, I think they have access to their scan and they can move. I believe, I believe I I could be wrong, but I believe that that's the case. I know Dr. Craig um, does this for his Invisalign cases. And and that gives the patient the opportunity to play on the screen too. So yeah. they enter their own email address and you let them swing around the model. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the coolest thing. Just nice. it's just really cool. I love watching patients do that and discover yeah. it. It's like this,
0: I don't know, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's definitely fun technology. It is. Thanks for investing your time and energy into listening to Bulletproof Hygiene. Remember to click subscribe to join our community of dental professionals that embrace growth and collaboration to better yourself, your patients and our profession. For more information on our 2021 live summit, Bulletproof Hygiene book and training opportunities, download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene. Another uh, technology that you can't live without? I can't at this point live without VoiceWorks.
1: So the Florida Probe VoiceWorks has been absolutely game-changing for us at Spodak because um, has mentioned she does double book assisted hygiene. So she has a devoted hygiene assistant who is there to help her record perio charts and keep her day running smoothly and enables her to do a a lot with less, like having that extra hand and like, that's just like an amazing, amazing thing. And you're able to produce and see so many patients and give them high quality of care because you've got that like partnership. Um, At at Spodak, we have like a little bit of a similar but different dynamic where we have one, we used to have two hygiene assistants. Now we we primarily work with one on days when we're busier or there are more of us there. We have two sometimes. Um, But basically the hygiene assistant is just there to help uh, us run on time, to help us do more with less, meaning if there are uh, added procedures for same-day treatment or care, or we need someone to high-volume suction for us, we need help with sealants, we need help with um, anything, you know, flipping our ops, staying on time, moving to a different operatory if we're running late, kind of thing, helps everything to kind of flow more smoothly. And they're very, very valuable to us. But what we realized was, especially when we moved down to one hygiene assistant, that um, them being stuck with us any one of us think think of if we each had to do a perio chart on the hour every hour so there's six of us there right right? so five minutes for that takes up the half hour of time just perio charting with our assistant we were like okay how can we be smarter about these resources right how can we do more with less what technology can we use how can we exemplify our core values and what can we bring on in order to make everyone's lives easier so for us, we found the answer in in VoiceWorks technology. It's a headset uh, dictation device that records the period chart directly into our computer and it records, you know, everything from, you know, all of it. It records a complete periodontal chart. So um, I really, really like it uh, because it's another technology that patients are like, oh my gosh, that records it into the computer. And it makes it so that, you know, a lot of times when I see a recare patient, I'm not verbally calling out the updated numbers if they're not due for that CPE. right? right. Um, but voice works just reminds me. And a lot of times I will call it out on the voice works, you know, even if I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just like jump to five, five, five or whatever, right. you know, and I'll right. just say whatever the numbers are for that tooth that something has changed, but it gives the patient the opportunity to hear it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really like about it is that when patients hear something from a computer, it's more official for some reason. So there's a setting on VoiceWorks where you can have it. Uh, if you say four, it says warning out loud, warning. And if, if you say five or higher, it says um, danger. Wow. And if, if you say bleeding, it's like bleeding. It repeats it back. And the patient's like, what? Ble- warning, bleeding. Like, you know, and they're really like yeah. interacting with yeah, yeah. this thing because the technology is extra. It's, yeah. it's smart, you know, so they, right. they get a lot of value out of it. And I really like that. Um, it's super user-friendly. Once you get, learn kind of like the code, they're very, they're very good with training too, by the way. I no I'm like, sound so excited. And I'm like sporadic about this because I am excited about it. Um, the training is very good and very user-friendly, very easy. It's a one hour training um, for each hygienist where they go through all the commands, how to turn it off and on and how to troubleshoot and tech support. Um, and all that stuff, but it's really cool because now when I perio chart, it's literally, I put something on my head. I have opened the computer system. I say voice works on, I start probing. So for instance, I can say three, two, three, and there probably wouldn't be if it's a three, two, three, but I could say forcation one, mobility one, mesial bleeding half tooth bleeding, half tooth recession one, like all on the same tooth. And it records all of that. So right. a lot of times that's what I'll do is I'll do everything instead of doing probing and then going right. back and doing bleeding right. and then going back and doing recession. And then Got it's it. just I do it all as I'm going around. Um, so I, I just absolutely love it. And it just frees up our resource, our, our immensely valuable resource of our hygiene assistant, obviously yeah. for other things. Right. So it's just an example of how technology has taken the place of a person
0: in a positive way to right. free them up to do right. other things. And it allows you, like you said, to engage the patient, they're listening, they're part of the exam, you know, they're, you're not just quietly looking around at things and not saying anything. And then when you're done going, oh, I'm really concerned because you have some inflammation in here, they've, they've heard the whole process. So by the time you're done, they know that there's an issue. And it obviously it allows you to document properly and completely, which is really important from a legality aspect and from a tracking aspect and to make sure they're getting healthy in the long run. So I think it just hits a lot of covers, a lot of bases, hits a lot of points it does it does and it's
1: easy to save um easy to print easy to submit easy it's just i absolutely love voice works um i think that charisa what i'm going to do is record like a demo of that too and I i think i'll put it on our instagram because it's just really cool when people see that technology like they get really excited and i remember i was a little overwhelmed when i first heard about it because i'm like oh gosh it's a lot of commands to use but then when i saw how like pretty simplified this generation has made it like this, this newest generation of voice has made it. Um, I was really excited about it. And I wow. just want to touch on for a moment too. I have, so there's a hygienist in our practice who had used voice works, uh, years ago, and she had a problem with the background noise being picked up on the recording. And that is like a problem that I think has really been kind of worked out. Like the kinks have really been worked out because when I'm recording it, I can stop and talk to the patient without telling it to stop listening and it's not going to record anything. Like it doesn't get confused really. It, sometimes it does and it'll randomly say 18, you know, and it'll like record an 18 millimeter packet or something crazy, you know, once in a while that'll happen. And all you do is say undo. Right. Like, so it's pretty easy if it like picks up something that it should, and you're just like undo, undo, undo five, you can say undo five and then undoes the last five commands. Um, but it's really, it's kind of like the, the first, version of the iPhone versus the iPhone 12 or wherever we are now, iPhone 25. Yep. Um, it is, they have uh, worked through a lot of the kinks and the technological issues. And now it's, I just think it's great. There are sometimes tech issues where um, something won't record, it goes offline. Um, they have tech support always available. So you can chat with someone tech wise. It usually takes a few minutes to resolve. I've, I've never, I've never had significant issues with tech support or tech issues. It's not been an ongoing thing. Awesome, very
0: cool. Well, kind of piggybacking on perio charting and, and finding issues, I think it's relevant for us to talk about. I know we both have some options in our practices for salivary testing. And I think a beautiful thing about you and I being, being a duo here is that we do use different things and we do have different alternatives. So I think it's cool to kind of put out what we like individually because there's, there's so many options out there, but I know for salivary testing at Atlanta dental spa, we use oral DNA. Um, which I love because I just feel like it's super straightforward and easy. Um, It's just a saline rinse that the patient does for 30 seconds. Um, They provide you with the whole kit of everything you need to do the rinse to, you know, the the little spit tube to seal it. There's um, you add a preservative to keep the bacteria alive. Um, You ship it off. It's got the shipping package with it. Um, And you typically get the results back in about five to seven days. They email the, the test results to you. Um, and they there are so many options for testing. Um, I use it mostly for, you know, obviously looking for specific oral pathogens, periodontal pathogens. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll also kind of team that up with looking at some of the genetic risks for perio specifically to kind of know how my patient, you know, if they're med- moderate, high, low risk for those pathogens. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can also look for cariogenic bacteria if you've got patients who have a really high decay rate. Um, they can look for HPV, uh, both the presence of, and the genotyping for, uh, they can even look for inflammatory markers. They can look for candida, um, herpes simplex, chlamydia gonorrhea. And then now they also, of course, have a COVID test for SARS-2, SARS-CoV-2. So, um, I just think it's super oral, uh, or salivary testing to me makes a lot of sense for a couple of things, obviously for patient education, because when a patient gets that report back and it's loaded with stuff, Um, I think it adds a lot of relevance to what we're saying, because as we've talked about before, perio generally, and unless it's late stage, they're not having a lot of pain or discomfort. So, you know, there's, there's that trust issue of like, Hey, is what they're telling me. Right. So when they can look at those results for themselves, they can be like, Oh my gosh, okay. I I really have some issues. What are we going to do about this? Um, I think also it helps. I have some patients who are more high risk, uh, either from a high risk periodontal aspect or high risk from systemic issues like I have a couple patients who've had strokes or heart attacks in the past so once a year we do this salivary testing to just make sure that we're keeping these levels low and and non-existent obviously to keep them really healthy so it's a great way to kind of follow up post-treatment to see did we really take care of the problem and are we are we truly maintaining health um and I think also it's great. So one of the things that oral DNA does provide is for the oral pathogens. It not only looks at the presence of what's there, it looks at how much of those bacterial types are present. Um, and so we know kind of when that patient has exceeded the level of threshold for what their immune system can bear on its own. Mm-hmm. So it also will give you an option for oral uh, systemic antibiotics. So I I tend to shy away from using that. I I don't like to use a whole lot of antibiotics for patients. Um, But sometimes you have those cases. Like I recently had a patient who had a hip replacement. um, And the the whole reason that that patient came in is because they were having really excessive bleeding when they were brushing. So that already tells me that they're kind of creating that bacteremia for themselves every day, which is not a good scenario with a, a new hip, hip replacement, Um, so we went ahead and did the salivary testing and there was a lot present and we did go ahead and do a systemic antibiotic just because of the hip replacement and then incorporated, you know, perioprotect and and periotherapy and that sort of thing. So there's just a lot of uses and a lot of really, I just think it's cool. I think it's cool to be able to really see what's going on and help us treatment plan accordingly because of that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, um, oral DNA salivary testing options are really cool. So we use a company called microbe link DX. And there are a couple of reasons why we chose this route instead of the oral DNA route. Um, when I was investigating, when we were investigating oral DNA, I remember looking at all the options and thinking, wow, that's really cool. We can, you know, evaluate, like you said, for HPV and candida and herpes and chlamydia and all this stuff. But a couple of things came to my mind in regards to that. Um, and my thoughts were like, okay, if a, person has herpes, like, what are we going to do for them prophylactically? Probably nothing. Um, If a person has herpes and they have a, a herpes lesion that's active, we can see that clinically. So like, what are we going to do differently? Like we would prescribe whatever we're going to prescribe, you know? So like, when would we test for that? And then candida kind of similarly Like, I I think that that makes sense if we're uncertain, if someone has a candida infection, like if they had that red, white, you know, rub off patch appearance kind of stuff, then that is probably the first thing that we are going to suspect. But I think that we would recommend the same uh, oral mouth rinses or troches um, or the um, antifungals, you know, that we would anyway, you know what I mean? And we may do that first as a first line to rule that out, you know, differential diagnosis type of thing. Um, so my thought was like, I'm not sure when we would use some of the additional tools, like even the chlamydia gonorrhea, that's a really cool, right. um, tool, but like, would we then refer them to their PCP or would we then prescribe an antibiotic or like, what would we admittedly, do? In
0: that case? Admittedly, I have not performed any of those tests. We have yeah, done a few right. candida just because we've had patients that want to know like what's going on. Like, this doesn't seem to be getting better. What do we, what do I need to do? Um, right. I've had several patients call and come in just to do the HPV testing. And obviously we're not changing a whole lot that we're doing in that, except for, for patients who are HPV positive. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a more frequent oral cancer screening with our, our Bellscope light.
1: Got it. The VELscope. Okay. So yeah. that makes sense in regards to that. Yeah. Cause we don't, so we don't, that's another thing we don't use. Um, an oral scan- cancer screening tool. Um, but I can see how that would be like an enrolling factor and a high- higher risk. Yeah. We do want to be like extra, you know, careful, but, but I was thinking, you know, these are just the things that are doubles advocate wise. We're yeah, going to sure. when we consider the different options that we had. So um, and, you know, on that kind of thing in regards to the um, STDs or even COVID, like, I just wonder, like, all right, from a liability or legal responsibility standpoint, it kind of reminds me of some of the obligations that you have if you do then use, um, like, let's say an oral cancer screening tool, like a light or uh, some sort of advanced technology for screening oral cancers. Like, I know that if something is present, like you have to refer kind of thing. Whereas like, if you, I don't know, there there are like pros and cons and like things that I was thinking about and weighing. So I am purely listing devil's advocate things. These are some of the things that I thought about in regards to which option do we want to use? And when we looked at um, uh, microblink DX versus the oral DNA, microblink DX, it it tests in regards to oral pathogens, the same 11 oral pathogens, the periopathogens. Um, and it does give you the threshold and the amount and all that stuff. Um, it's just a different modality. But the cost was a lot lower for that report, um, I think, versus the oral DNA. So I know that there are pros and cons. I love the um, options that you get with oral DNA. I think that they're an incredible company. I love the simplicity of the, uh, uh, saline rinse versus the paper points mm-hmm. because in uh microblink DX, we use paper points. So you have to like put it in the, the pocket, then record which pockets you used. And ironically, that's why we went with oral DNA
0: because got it. That, that part is just so easy.
1: Got it. Yes. Super easy, easier yeah. for the patient takes less time. I can totally see from a user standpoint that yes, a lot of simplicity there. Um, another reason we we chose Microblink DX is because our periodontist we were a multi specialty practice we have all the specialties specialties under one, under one roof she was already using and implementing uh, Microblink DX so she was already somewhat familiar with the protocol and that sort of thing so it's a familiarity thing plus a, a cost thing and um, and I really like Microblink DX um, we usually test or, or use this. Um, I use it for refractory cases mostly because otherwise I think that the signs and symptoms clinically, um, will tell us if something is active again, like I don't, this isn't something that I use like on an annual basis, um, because we're perio charting, we're going to see the bleeding on probing. We're going to see the probing, the pockets increase. I think that the benefit that you can get from like you do doing this annually on some people is seeing potentially something before the clinical signs show up. Right. So you could potentially find that these pathogens are, are repopulating, you know, above threshold, but you're not seeing the clinical response yet. So that's a benefit to, especially those high-risk patients, like you're saying with heart disease or, um, you know, um, systemic issues. Right. Um, But my, so my thought is uh, we use it on refractory patients primarily. And that's typically when we do prescribe oral antibiotics. And that's why I do love salivary testing because you have the opportunity to enter in, okay, these are the patient's allergies. Like if they have any medication allergies um, and according to the specific bacteria that are present, what type of oral or systemic antibiotic is gonna yes. be most effective against these pathogens. Right. That's a really, really helpful tool yes. in my opinion. So yeah. I love it for that. Yes. And um, I did salivary testing on, on my mom and she's given giving me permission to share about her health. That's why I'm sharing publicly. Um, but she is a, a refractory perio patient and we did scaling initially perioprotect. She was very, very stable and arrested. Then she stopped using the perioprotect because everything was stable and arrested. And then things were very unstable and unarrested. And she had a huge decline in her perio health, did salivary testing. She had refractory perio, had to rescale, um, did systemic antibiotics before scaling and then continued, um, I think a few days, I'm not sure what the protocol is, a few days after scaling. Reimplemented PerioProtect, peri-protect her perio stable again, you know, but I think in that case, it was like, Oh gosh, what's going on here? Because right. I've had patients and I know that you have who have that aggressive perio or, you know, just things that are just like, what mind boggling, like in three months, what has changed? You right. know, just, you know, and that's what,
0: that's what I like about when you have those patients that just don't seem to be responding. That's, that's one thing I like about the oral DNA is doing the genotyping
1: Got and it.
0: knowing, Oh gosh, you are high risk. So mm-hmm. that helps you in your treatment protocol, your treatment planning to be like, you know, you're high risk. We can't let the, you know, our foot off the gas at any point here. We've got to, you know, keep our therapies going so that we really can maintain health. Cause you're going to so slide down the slope fast.
1: Is the outcome from doing the genotyping is typically that, useful for just telling your patients like, Hey, we really got to stay on three months. You've really got to stay on those pair. Is that in regards to enrollment? Is that what makes it correct?
0: Yes. And you know, the genotyping is never going to change. So that's a one-time thing. Right. Right. So, you know, and especially too, you know, I have, you have some of those patients that come to you and they're like you know, my mom wore dentures her whole life. Like, I don't want to yep. go down that road. Then that's like, you know, well, genetics can be a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. And yes, I can look at their mouth and say, well, gosh, we know we have active infection right now. So I could probably guess you are, but we don't really know that for sure. So doing the genotyping tells me either, yes, you know, you're, you're low risk, you're moderate risk or you're high risk. All right. Let's plan according to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just helps them understand and embrace what's going on. Yeah. I One agree. other category of patients that I really, really recommend salivary testing for are my patients who are um, either pregnant or trying to get pregnant or have had uh, previous difficulties with fertility, Um, because we know that oral pathogens can play a huge role in that. Um, we know that oral pathogens have the um ability, obviously, once they get into the bloodstream to cross that placenta and infect the baby as well. Um, we see tend to see preterm, low birth weight, and even fetal death with periodontal pathogens present. So when I see a patient who comes in and, you know, you know, we're excited, you know, how many weeks are you? And we're having that whole conversation. And I say, you know, what's home care looking like? Are you noticing me bleeding? And they're like, Yeah, actually, yeah, my gums have been kind of puffy, they're bleeding. I go into the conversation of what periodontal pathogens are capable of when we have that bleeding, Mm -hmm. how hormones tend to soften those gums, make us more susceptible to that inflammation and bleeding, and how I have this option of a salivary test to to know ahead of time, like, what do we have going on in here? Because I absolutely do not want to go in there and do you know, non-surgical periotherapy and, and create more of a bacteremia issue, I would much rather know like, Hey, what's going on first. And so I have a lot of patients that take me up on that. And, you know, we'll just make sure everything's really healthy and okay before we really start taking a deep dive in there.
1: Yep. I love that for pregnancy. I think that's great. And, and I mean, expecting moms, of course, like the, their whole like reason for, living in there you know like there you're our actually i sh- i can't say our because i'm not a mom so i don't know um but i I've, I've just seen like the switch of in my sisters and my close friends who have had kids just like life becomes about the baby like so expecting moms i feel like are the ones who are most interested in like yeah let's make sure that there's not yeah. this isn't going to negatively affect my child or me during labor or you know make my pregnancy more complicated so i think that's a great tool for that
0: yeah yeah So I want to hop on to um, we were just talking a little bit about oral cancer screening um, and I want to give a few stats. So um, the American Cancer Society's most recent estimates for oral cavity and oropharyngeal cancers in the U.S., um, and this is for currently this year, 2021, about 54,000 people will get oral cavity or oropharyngeal cancer this year. Um, and an estimated 10,850 people will die of these cancers. So we, as hygienists, are very, very um, aware of how important oral cancer screenings are to really protect the health of our patient and really be aware of what's going on. Um, and we know that visual oral cancer screening—that's something obviously that should be done at every appointment, where you're, you know, checking all the mucosal areas, the tongue, the throat. Um, and, and I want to say that the visual aspect of that depends on tissue reflectance of, you know, just our regular white light to just reflect back, obviously that looks anything that looks abnormal or unusual. Um, we incorporated Velscope into our practice several years back. We were actually using, um, a different company before Velscope and the name is eluding me right now, but. Was it uh, oral ID? No, it wasn't. It was something else, I think, that started with a V. Um, but it required using a uh, oral rinse first before we use the little light. And that rinse was really, it, it was Pretty strong vinegar flavor. Patients weren't a big fan. So uh, once we understood the Velscope technology, that it doesn't require a rinse, it's just it's a more powerful light. We switched over to that, and that's that's been um, a better acceptance on that front. Um, but basically, it uses a blue light technology. It has a very particular wavelength. Um, and it creates fluorescence in the tissue. So what it does is because it has this wavelength, it actually penetrates through to the base membrane and reflects back any abnormal cells. So you're, you're basically able to see all the way down to the base membrane for anything that looks abnormal or unusual. And as we know, oral cancer, you know, is, is on the rise. And a lot of that right now is a, is, has more to do with the HPV virus. Um, but that's because these tissues in our mouths are so thin. So by the time something makes it to the surface where we see it visually, it's usually in a further stage. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's obviously going to lead to more, you know, adverse effects, you know, losing more tissues, higher death rates. So I just like the Velscope because it takes less than two minutes. Um, I feel like I'm able to look all the way down to the base membrane. I'm talking to the patient as I'm looking at everything. So they understand all, you know, I'm I'm building that value of what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing. Um, We recommend doing that once per year. Um, And then obviously, like I mentioned earlier, if we have any patients that are are known HPV positive, we'll typically do that at every visit. Um, Or if we have patients who have a history of, obviously, any kind of oropharyngeal cancer or family history of that, we, we might do that a little more frequently but, um, I think it's just a big benefit.
1: Can I backtrack on the HPV for a second? Yeah. Um, does the salivary testing with oral DNA check for which strains? Yes. Okay. Okay. So it'll tell you the, which ones are high risk for oral cancer and like give you that sort of information. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. That's very helpful. Yeah. Um, so next on the list, this is honestly, one of the things that has totally changed my hygiene treatment planning to be completely honest with you because we all know how great nitrous can be for our patients and it's such a great comfort service to be able to offer but we also know what a pain in the butt it can be to hook up the uh the hardware like the stuff that the, that goes in the patient's nose and the scavenger system and whatever and like um and
0: how, how um, difficult it is they, to scale those anterior teeth, piece yes, yes. pieces pressing down on their lip. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes.
1: How in the way it is, you know, the marks that it leaves on your patient's face. And some people are like, Oh, it's so heavy. It's uncomfortable. You know? Um, so I would treatment plan nitrous in the past only when I had like a, a pretty moderate to high anxiety patient, like if they were really, you know, it seemed like they could benefit from nitrous. Now, honestly, I'm treatment planning nitrous for almost every uh, periodontal therapy that I am doing. Like if I'm doing a scaling, I'm almost always recommending nitrous. Unless I know the person is just like, they're totally good. Absolutely fine at the dentist. Like they're happy. And a lot of times, even for them, I will treatment plan nitrous and say, Hey, just so you know, this is an option for you. It's right. a comfort service. It's a, this blah, 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 go into so, the benefits
0: and then they get to choose. Right. So what was the game changer for you? in that? So the
1: game changer is, um, the silhouette nasal mask. So it is a nitrous hood that is super, super low profile. It like is it's clear. It, it almost looks and feels to the patient, like they're wearing nothing. And it looks and feels to the clinician, like the patient's wearing nothing too. And that's we a as huge, well. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is so yeah. user-friendly. The hookup takes like a total of 30 seconds. It, it um, it's uh, oh my gosh, it has adhesive that sticks to the bridge of the patient's nose. And honestly, I know that that can be a concern for patients who have um, are sensitive to adhesives, but I haven't had any patient reactions or responses. So I'm not sure if it's like some hypoallergenic adhesive or like what, but there's like this uh, thing that you peel off of the top of the nose and then it just sticks to the patient's, the bridge of the patient's nose. There's one uh, nasal cannula that goes in the right nostril. So that's a little funky for patients to adjust to that feeling sometimes, but it's just so effective. Oh my gosh. It is just, it's just a game changer. It's so user-friendly. I can't say enough good things about it. And honestly, I wasn't very excited about it before I used it because i was like it's a nitrous hood it's going to be in the way no matter what like come on let's be honest it's a pain in the butt for all of us but it's good it's great for our patients so we use it you know this thing is i absolutely love it and just you know we we are not um paid by this right. company at all like we we aren't i just love it so much and it's been such a game changer for me um and i bet if we looked at the the bottom line and kind of from a profitability standpoint even um, from a patient benefit standpoint, obviously huge. provider standpoint, obviously huge, but also for from a practice standpoint, I think it's also huge. You know, we charge seventy eight dollars um, per hour. Uh, and for fee for service patients, there's no additional, we don't charge for additional time. It's just, it's a flat fee of 78, um, for insurance patients, the average fee is like 45 an hour. And then you have the option of adding that additional 15 minutes or additional hour code. Right. Um, and so from profitability standpoint, it's like a no brainer. Yep. The, uh, there's my- also,
0: there's, there's all, there's also four different sizes. So yes. it's, you know, it can, it fits the patients comfortably.
1: Yes. And it's, it's it is sealed. It's yeah, there's uh pedo, small, medium, large. Most people are in the small to medium range, but
0: it's just, man, I can't say enough good things about this nitrous hood. Nice. Yeah. We, we love it as well. It, I agree with you. Total game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I got introduced to um, when I came to Atlanta dental spa, I'd never seen or heard of it before is uh, we use the dia- Diagnodent laser as a caries detection tool. And it's, it's super cool, it's super easy to use. Um, they've upgraded now, it's just kind of a, a pin that you hold in your hand system. And basically it is a laser that detects the density of the enamel. And so it gets really, really specific, very early readings. It can detect um, decay uh, faster than, or earlier than um, our radiography can. Um, It's so sensitive, it can find 50% of the decay that goes undetected by radiographs. So very early detection, super comfortable and easy for the patient, there's there's no pain involved. Um, And I use that typically on patients that have deeper grooves, because you're looking at the occlusal surfaces with it. Um, Or if I see any kind of staining in a groove. Um, you know, I always explained to the patient that staining in a groove precipitates decay because if stain can collect, that means our toothbrush bristles can't get to the bottom of that groove. And so if mm-hmm. stain is collecting, so are acids and sugars and bacterias. So once I see that stain accumulate, I know we're kind of headed towards um, having decay at some point. So using the Diagnodin, I can determine, is this just stain or is there decay going on? Um, and then that opens the door for me to use sealants as a preventative. Um, and I know a lot of times as hygienists, we think sealants and children kind of go hand in hand. We do a lot of sealants on adults in our practice because it truly is a preventative measure. Yep. And so, yeah. And, and so, you know, if you don't have a dying dent, sometimes I think just taking a photo is a great way to kind of show the patient, Hey, do you see this staining? Like this is concerning to me. Um, Sealants are a great way to clean that groove out and really seal them off so that this doesn't become anything in the future. Um, And I know Brittany and I both uh, like the the sealant brand Embrace Wet Bond. Um, I like it because your your, uh, area does not have to be completely dry. You can apply it in a moist environment, so it's a little easier to work with. Um, it is BPA free, it's slow release fluoride. And I just think it's a really smart way to truly create long-term prevention for patients.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm all, I'm all about it too. I think a lot of the, uh, the baseline health, uh, preventions that we utilize uh, as hygienists for the most part have been dictated historically mostly by insurance companies yes so I think that that is why in our brains like yeah sealants are for children you right. know they're not for because of course we know that you know if you have insurances or accept insurances that there are cut off age age limitations and usually it's like the oldest I think I've ever seen is age 19 you know yeah. and typically it's between ages 12 and 19 they stop coverage yeah. or it's you know two in a lifetime or one in a lifetime per tooth or something like that you know so So if we're putting on our professional degree and putting insurance in the trunk and not the driver's seat, as Charissa loves to say, um, then we will be recommending the best preventive options regardless of insurance coverage and without consulting the insurance companies because they are not using a professional degree. They are using, uh, they are looking at it from a business standpoint. You know, at the end of the day, the insurance company has to earn money. So that means that they are, are going to have to not cover certain services. You know, they have to win at the end of the day in order for them to stay open as a company. Um, so we can't look at it from their standpoint. We have to look at it from our clinical professional licensure standpoint of this is the tool that I have in my toolbox to help this patient. And it's their option, whether or not they want to be uh, proactive or reactive, right? right. Or preventively or not, right. but they should at least have the
0: option. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like once I explain that to patients, you know, the, the thought of wow, I could just have a two-minute procedure now that's painless, doesn't involve a drill, I don't have to be numb for, Mm -hmm. and then I am protected so it doesn't become a cavity where I then have a more expensive restoration, I have to be numb, I have to go through that whole process. So I think, you know, once you kind of help them understand that, it's it's a pretty easy yes. I have
1: kind of a silly question about the Diagnodent. Um, Is there ever an instance where clinically... You've kind of explored a stained groove and it's not sticky, but then you take the diagnodent and investigate that same groove and it's saying that it's cariogenic, like yes. it is, that there's caries.
0: Yes? Yes. Because oh. it's such early detection. And it's really, it's really cool and it's cool for the patient too. So it it gives it makes a sound because it's is reverberating that the um, density. Mm-hmm. So it makes a sound as it's going. And then it also gives you a digital number reading. Of that density. Got so it. anything 30 and below is not active decay, 30 and above is decay. So yes, sometimes you'll look at a groove and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll get your explorer in there and you don't necessarily feel any, feel any tacky or sticky or soft areas, mm-hmm. but then you use the dieting and it might be a 35. Wow. So it's, it's starting before it's, that's why I say, and for patients too, you know, especially if I have a patient who's never had a cavity and then I use that and they're like, Oh my gosh, I have a cavity. I'm like, hang on, don't freak out. The nice thing about diagodin is it detects it super duper early. So yes, this is telling me that there is active decay process going on here, but it's so early that sometimes we don't even need to anesthetize. You know, it's just kind of in that very initial layer of the doctor going in and cleaning that out. Sometimes we end up doing more of a PRR type restoration. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's the nice thing about it. But it helps the, again, with with all the senses, it helps the patient hear what's going on. So you can hear the difference between a fifteen and a ninety-nine. Got it. And when they hear that, it goes up super high pitches, and you know, a ninety-nine means, oh my gosh, this is pretty substantial. They can hear that range and be like, oh gosh, that's a problem. So well, again, it's another diagnostic tool that helps them kind of, you know, put it together with like, oh, this is not okay.
1: And it's another way that they can know that this isn't subjective. Correct. Right? Like the, the computer Correct. told me. The technology told me, not yes. Teresa. You know, like that's yes. Technology.
0: Because and and honestly, putting an explorer in a in a groove is subjective, right? right. Right. Yeah, because you and I might interpret that differently, but the diagnodin is is as you know standard, so nice. it's, it's a great tool. Sweet. I know we both use a lot of things for desensitizers as well, um, and just coming rolling off the back of sealants. I know we both use sealant protect mm-hmm. in our practices. Mm-hmm. Um, we like that for patients who especially have a lot of class five recession sensitivity. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that one?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Seal and protect. I really like. We were talking about how Sharisa um, charges in a per dose. So it comes in like this little vial, and there's enough for a lot of teeth. Like you could, you know, you basically isolate dry clean the class five area that's hypersensitive that honestly to me that's the most difficult part because the patient's hypersensitive there so blowing air on that class five really sucks so sometimes it's blowing air sometimes it is using a gauze or a cotton roll to really dry and and make sure that class five area is very clean but then all it is is um, usually about three layers using a micro brush of applying this sealant material and curing, light curing for 10 seconds after each application until you blow air and the patient states they're, they feel nothing.
0: It's immediate relief, basically. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the coolest like part to me is they notice it right away. Yeah,
1: it's, it's immediate relief, yeah. immediate. And it's good to tell the patients. So we were just reading that it can last, did it say up to five years? Was that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it can last up to five years, but for most patients, it does not. I honestly, Theresa and I both tell patients that it lasts about six months to a year, and the reason why is because it's very, very um, subjective, and it and it matters a lot what the patient's uh, toothbrushing style is um, you know, clenching and grinding. We know why they have that class five in the first place or why they had that recession in the first place is because of occlusal forces. And we know that those occlusal forces are still there. You know, even if they choose to do something about it, there's probably bruxism or something else going on there. So of course that's going to flake off just like a class five resin would, you know, over time. So I just tell people so that they have realistic expectations, Hey, we'll probably have to redo this in six months to a year. I'm just, you know, giving
0: you a heads up to that way. Yeah. But, but I find patients, um, when they they'll know when they need more, you know, because like you said, they, they notice a difference right away. It definitely is a huge improvement. And I've had patients that come back a year, year and a half later saying, yeah, I'm kind of feeling that again. Can we put some more of that on there? But because it has been such a benefit to them. So super easy to use. Love it. Love it. What else do you like for desensitizing?
1: So for desensitizing, I will tell, I will tell you about my, uh, evolution of desensitizers here, my metamorphosis, if you will, in desensitizers. So uh, the sealant protects really great. That's of course a tooth by tooth kind of those hypersensitive here and there areas. It's not for every tooth, but if we're talking about clinically, what do I use on patients who are hypersensitive for like a recare appointment, Right. not necessarily for like a non-surgical periotherapy type of thing. Um, obviously, you know, nitrous is great for those patients. Um, obviously they're probably using a prescription strength fluoride toothpaste to desensitize at home, but clinically right before a hygiene procedure, I used to this is what's so funny too. So we were just like investigating all these products to make sure that we're um, relaying the correct information about all of them. So we're just making sure we know all the ins and outs. Um, and it's so funny. I So we use core in our office as our whitener. We use um, core max uh, and we really like it really great, but it comes with a desensitizer. And so Prior to doing core whitening, you dry and apply this core pre desensitizer to all the facial and occlusal incisal surfaces. Then you dry it again, you do that three times prior to starting the whitening process. So I thought that I was a genius and was like, oh wow, that works so well for whitening. I'm gonna use it for my perio patients and um, use it on the class fives and the facials and incisals of all of their most sensitive areas. And I would just apply it the same way. I would do three applications. Come to find out I'm not a genius. The company actually recommends that. <laughs> no, you are a genius. It just, it just reinforced, oh, maybe it just reinforced my genius. Maybe that's all that it is. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, but um, I was using it that way. And patients were like, wow, that's really like, it made a big difference. My hypersensitive patients, especially to the Cavitron, um, really happy with it. They didn't love the taste of it. Um, and I think that this product is, I don't, I think, don't know how cost effective it is either i know that that little vial though lasts a really long time that little dropper yeah a lot of applications so i don't know how much little dropper is but so i used that for a little while um one of our newer hygienists actually recommended trying tom's rapid relief which uses arginine um instead of fluoride as a desensitizer and it just closes off little dentinal, dentinal tubules Um, and it's applied with your finger for in the same kind of way, but it tastes better. So it's just minty and it's a toothpaste that you can get over the counter. And really in the past, I have been recommending that patients don't use this. I don't love that. It doesn't have fluoride. So I don't love that, but I was recommending that they don't use it because historically I thought that Tom's was high on the relative dental abrasivity scale. I thought it was very abrasive. And then upon further research, I found that it's in the low abrasivity um, section. It's only 68. And it, you know, zero to 70 is low. So it's just under that, you know, medium nice. or mildly abrasive type of, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried that one. I'm going to, I'm going to pick some of that up and give that a try. So you just kind of smear that around with your finger over those areas before yep. you even get going. Yep.
1: Just a, like, I a, call it a dollop, take yeah. a dollop on your finger. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And then smear it on, yeah, all the facials. And then I like to do the lower anterior linguals and yeah, you leave it for one minute. And then it's good. I don't, I don't wash it off. I don't rinse it off or anything. I just take my Cavitron and it rinses off as I'm going around at the Cavitron yep. Yep. and patients have expressed a lot of immediate relief. I haven't used nice. it on myself. I should, cause I have a lot of sensitivity, um, but patients are really happy with that as well. Nice. They're happier with the taste. Like I said, it just tastes like it's toothpaste. It's
0: minty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know um I'm so so jealous because I live in Georgia and you live in Florida and you can administer anesthetic yes. um to your patients and I don't have that capability. So um I rely and I know you guys use aura Kicks when you don't necessarily need full anesthetic. Right. Um and we had used aura Kicks for a while, and this is again, this is a benefit of Brittany and I being different. Um I know you're a big fan of ORACIX. It for for me, for some reason, I just didn't feel like it was giving me the lasting effect or or as much of an effect as I was looking for. And um, one of the, the other hygienists that I work with suggested she had tried cetocaine, and I was like, okay, well, I'll give that a try. And they that's won me over. I like cetocaine for a couple of reasons. So it's a it's a benzocaine base. Um, but what I like is you really only need to use what you actually need. So I know. Or a kicks. So you've got the Carpule. So mm-hmm. either you use it all or you don't, but once you've opened it, you've opened it. It's for that right. patient. Right. The caine I like because it's got a little lure lock top. So you just um, screw the um, applicator onto the top of that and just draw out as much as you need. So, you know, obviously if you need it for the full mouth, you'll do a whole syringe. If it's just one or two teeth, you can just take a little bit. So I like that capability to use it only where you need it. Um, the taste is really good. It's kind of weird. It's banana flavored. Um, but I haven't had anybody say that's awful. I think it's, it's kind of pleasant. Um, and then for me, I like the applicator tip a little bit better. I know the, um, the Orkix has got kind of the hard needle type applicator. Mm-hmm. And the Cetacane uses a soft plastic and you can kind of bend the tip. So it's just a little more comfortable. And really, you just kind of extrude a little drop and just kind of drag it through the sulcus as you're walking around. And I feel like it's it a little goes a long way. Um, so it lasts a long time and I've had patients just say it, it's really, really effective. So I'm a, I'm a Cetacaine fan. I know you're an AuraKix fan. Talk a little bit about AuraKix and what your findings have been.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny because I know that you were like, yeah, AuraKix doesn't last that long and Cetacaine seems to like you like the longevity of the Cetacane. And like, I had like the complete anecdotally opposite experience. Like I, so we had to try because we ran out of kicks actually Cetacane for a short period of time. And I, I'm just not a huge fan of benzocaines. Like I'm just not in general. I'm pretty sure it isn't, is benzocaine an ester? Uh,
0: why are you doing this to me?
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. I think because more people <laughs> have allergies to esters, which is what Novocaine was. So that's one of the reasons we stopped, we stopped using Novocaine and because uh-huh. The duration of action and, and things with Novocaine were just bad, but more people are allergic to esters than amides and all the newer um, anesthetics are amides. I think I could be wrong, but I think benzocaine's an ester. So, um, And I know that it's easier to overdose on a benzocaine than it is on a and lidocaine, which are the active ingredients in Oricix. So Oricix, the major con is it tastes terrible it's a terrible flavor. I get it for my hygiene uh, appointments. And man, that is one thing I tell patients. This is the most effective thing out there on the market, but it tastes terrible. I'm sorry in advance for the flavor. And I have, um, I have a patient who I actually can't repeat what he calls it um, on, on this podcast, but it involves profanity. um, And it is hilarious. It's funny, but not funny, obviously, because I don't want my patient to suffer through this terrible flavor, but he's hypersensitive and it helps him a lot but he, I've just heard the funniest things about kicks in regards to the flavor. So I know the flavor is awful, um, but it is lidocaine and prilocaine. Um, I I love the duration of action. I love how quickly the onset is. I love how patients respond to it. Man, that in my experience versus the cetacaine and benzocaines is so much more effective. So I really, really like it, but I know that i've heard other providers too say how much they love cedocaine
0: so i don't know um i do want to say that i'm using the google right now and you are correct it is an an ester ha 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 yeah ester
1: those darn esters um so so those are kind of the reasons why i like or
0: kicks yeah 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 yes so um We, one of, one of the products that we use a ton of in our practice, um, and we've been using this company for quite a while, but I'm a big fan of carry free products. Um, and we use a lot of, we use the carry free 5,000 gel, um, as our, um, home fluoride, you know, prescription strength fluoride. Um, and I like it because it, there's a couple things about it. It's a gel, so it's not abrasive at all. Um, it has xylitol in it, which, as we know, um, this the, has the pH technology to neutralize the acidity in the mouth. Um, xylitol also binds to the communication receptors in the karyogenic bacteria, so they can't speak to each other. So in the decay process, what happens is we have that acidity that weakens the enamel and start to, starts to demineralize that area. And then you have those karyogenic bacteria that come along and are like, "Ooh, this is appealing because I can kind of eat right right through it. And they call out to all of their friends and they join the party. And next thing you know, we have decay. So if you can shut down that whole communication process between the bacteria and you can neutralize the pH of the acidity, you can really stop the decay process. And I have seen myself with my own eyes multiple times where we have been able to remineralize and reverse um, incipient decay that we're seeing on the radiographs. You know, you see that, that, that you're getting that shadow, but it's not quite yet through that enamel, um, demarcation. And I've seen patients get really good with using the gel. I usually instruct them to make it their nighttime routine where they're brushing throughout. It, it foams a lot differently than their regular toothpaste. And once they get it all foamy to really floss it in between the teeth where we're seeing those incipient areas. And then I always say the trick is spit it out don't rinse and go to bed so that it can really have that, that long-term effect and uptake for the fluoride. And I, yeah, I've seen it happen many times. Um, it also contains the, um, nano hydroxyapatite for remineralization. So I just feel like it's a really great product I've had. We've been using it for many years and I've seen a lot of really good results with it.
1: Yeah. The nano hydroxyapatite kind of, um, actually blows my mind. Like the, the products that are containing nanohydroxyapatite are just like really, really cool to me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're putting tooth substance in these pastes and stuff now. Like what? Like, how does that happen? I just don't exactly. understand. I really want to see from like a chemical standpoint. Like, I don't know. I just, I, there's something, there's something that I don't understand about that, but that I think is really, really cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so you like that. I just thought of something and I just added this. I'm throwing
0: a curveball, Teresa. No, you're good. I I see what you're putting on the screen and you know we use this too.
1: Okay, I thought so. I really like, I and I've tried this because someone actually gave it to me um, it, at our Houston Summit. And I honestly don't remember who gave it to me, but I came home with a little bottle of Aura MD. Yep. Um, and it is like an all natural tooth oil that you can use as a paste. Um, it is good for gums. It's a natural antimicrobial. Um, Teresa, you probably know more about this than I do.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think you might've gotten it from one of our doctors because that we carry it in our office. Um, it is, peppermint and spearmint. It's, so it's basically essential oil. It's in an almond oil carrier. So obviously if you've got somebody that has any kind of nut allergies, this isn't for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a patient who turned me on to it. She was doing some of her own research. She was a, a, a patient who had, um, you know, period that we're just really having a hard time getting stable. And she did her own research and c- she came in and she's like, oh my gosh, I found this stuff online and I've been using it and I don't have any bleeding. Like it's amazing. And it makes my f- mouth feel so fresh and clean. Um, and so it's a really great product, especially for your patients that are more holistically minded. Right. Um, and there is a professional strength version that you can get. That is, I warn my patients, like it is strong, like don't use too much, but it's an oil. And so there's a couple of different ways you can use it. You can just put a couple of drops on your, just your, your tooth toothbrush without any paste on it and brush it throughout. You can put a couple of drops in some water and swish it throughout. Um, but it's really, really effective at, yeah, just. It's naturally antibacterial. So it kills those bacteria. It's an astringent on the gums. So it tightens them and firms them. And it's just really, really fresh. But I tell my patients, like the first few times, like warning, your eyes are probably going to water a little bit because this stuff is strong. Don't use too much.
1: Yes. And that was my experience. I was like, oh my yes. God, did I do this wrong? Like it is very <laughs> strong. It is very strong. So yeah. the company on the website, I'm just look, looking at the website because I am not a, or um, an MD pro like Sharissa is, Um, but it says for gum disease, perio disease, gingivitis, uh, it's recommended for bleeding gums, helps with gum infections. You can apply it to red swollen sore areas, helps with uh, canker sores, mouth sores. You can use it as toothpaste, mouthwash, a breath freshener. That just sounds like good marketing, doesn't it? Um, And then in regards to ingredients, this is really cool because it's just like you just mentioned the almond kernel oil, spearmint oil, peppermint oil, doesn't contain fluoride chemicals, GMOs, abrasives, or additives. So I really like this as an option uh, for, like you said, our more holistic patients. I think it's a great recommendation. I like it myself. I'm a fan. In regards to toothbrushes, Teresa, you have kind of a special situation that I think most of us don't have, um, I don't have the unique system that Sharissa uses at her practice, but if you would like to talk about that in the technology. Yeah,
0: way. so Dr. Bolden is pretty much a marketing genius, and he likes to have a lot of Atlanta Dental Spa branded options for our patients. And so we uh, use, we have an ADS toothbrush, and it's basically Sonicare technology, um, and we, we call it the SWIRL. And all of our new patients leave their visit with a complimentary swirl brush because we like to celebrate our new patients. We want to give them gifts, but we want it to be something that really sets them up for success long-term. So we offer it in three different colors and we obviously carry brush head replacements for when they come in for their following visits. Um, But yeah, I'm a big fan of the Sonicare technology when it comes to toothbrushes. Um, I just feel like First of all, I never want a patient using anything other than a soft bristled brush because, you know, we, we know what those uh, medium and, and hard bristles can do to the, the gum line and any existing recession. Um, but I just think, you know, what you see that do from a cleanliness factor and for the gum health is, is huge. I'm a bigger fan. This might be not, not be popular to say I like Sonicare over Oral-B um just because i feel like the oral b the round head bristles are very firm and you get that oscillating back and forth but it's not a full 360 spin so sometimes i feel like it can leave some things behind what are you guys recommending when it comes to toothbrushes?
1: I mean, we recommend the Sonicare and it just boils down to research and the, effect, yep. the effectiveness of like longitudinal studies and um, third-party studies and effectiveness of plaque removal, um, safety, you know, gum and tooth safety and the settings and the timer that it offers, you know, so patients brush each quadrant for a specified amount, 30 seconds, you know, yep. um, and kind of helps guide people through the brushing process. It's very user-friendly and rechargeable. Uh, we just we love the technology and it's this. It sounds like the same or similar technology. It's sonic yep. technology. Yep, it is. Um, and apparently there are thirty one thousand brush strokes per minute and can remove up to four times more plaque than a manual toothbrush. Right. Um, so I'm just. I mean, and I'm sure that's probably the best report. It's probably the reports that the company pulls from. But um, yeah, and I found that to just be anecdotally seems that way. You know, like when I see patients who. using a manual toothbrush and then they switch to the sonicare how much more effective uh that is typically if they're using it
0: as it should be used right
1: so yeah we recommend sonicare generally yeah nice
0: um what about tooth or floss what do you guys use what do you like what do you recommend on the floss front
1: so we use (laughs) you're gonna laugh um we use whatever we have for floss yeah Uh, so, so I actually don't know what we order, to be honest with you, because we just order the giant uh, Costco size economy floss roll and then our assistant just cuts it into smaller floss pieces so I don't even know honestly what I use clinically, Got it. Got it. I like, um, I don't want to give too much information on cocoa floss because I am not familiar with all the ins and outs. The only thing that concerns me about the cocoa floss is like, I wonder how abrasive it is. That's my only thought my only concern. Um, what I do like about cocoa floss recommending it to patients is that it's PFOA or PFA free. So perfluorooctanoic acid is what that is. And that is uh, something that's found in, um, Teflon uh, and a lot of products that we consume or use on our bodies daily. It was a big issue in uh, Teflon pans. Uh, there was a scandal regarding uh, PFOA, you know, f- by DuPont for decades, years right. ago. And um, some of the studies on people who were exposed to high levels of PFOA over a long period of time were that uh, pregnant women would actually have babies with birth defects. Um, it can affect, you know, mental health, uh, can cause skin issues, can cause internal bleeding, like all these like terrible, terrible um, side effects. And before, you know, I don't want to dive into the DuPont scandal either, but before uh, perfluorooctanoic acid was listed as like a, a harmful to humans or uh, injurious to humans kind of thing uh, to the public, uh, DuPont apparently was doing their own like private internal kind of research on it and found that it was uh, toxic to humans and was, you know, harmful and they were seeing side effects in their own employees uh, for years before it was publicly reported. So I know that there's like this bad, uh, bad blood kind of backstory about PFAs and PFOAs in general. Right. Um, so I really don't like it just because it's, it's harmful and it's in like everything now, you know, we we've all got it probably in our bloodstreams and in our clothes or like whatever, you know? So I like that cocoa floss does not have PFOA or PFA, Um, It's PFA free. It is made of um, coconut fibers. Is what I think that it is. Yeah, coconut fibers. Um, It's shred resistant. Does help keep things very very clean. Um, And I like it personally. So anecdotally, I like the the feeling of it. it. It claims that it helps reduce like staining and yellowness caused by plaque and tartar and stuff. But that I think is a normal floss thing, but I'm just wondering, that's what makes
0: me a little curious about right, that. to wonder if there's any abrasivity on yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, um, they also have some really great flavors to choose from as well. Um, I tend to, so I am a little bit picky about what I use chair side. Um, I'm a big fan of the Listerine Ultra Clean, and I like it because it's almost got this like rubbery, stretchy ability to it. And I, I have a hard time sometimes with different floss, like, it's slipping out of my gloved fingers as I'm trying to use it. Mm-hmm. So I find the ultra clean because it's got a little bit of that stretchy grip to it. Like it holds to my gloves so that I, I really can get the um, grip that I need on it. And it's not slipping. So, and I've had several patients like, what kind of floss is that? that that's like really good. So, you know, if somebody really likes it, I'll send some home with them as well and, and get them on it. But um, I'm a big fan of that one.
1: And then what do you recommend to your patients in regards to over-the-counter, very simplified um, toothpaste, if they just want something that's natural, minimally abrasive? Right,
0: right. So, you know, abrasivity is everything to me. So I'm always telling patients, please don't use whitening toothpaste. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they just put larger particles so that it can, you know, take off any extrinsic staining. So it kind of scratches the tooth to get that off. So I'm not a fan of any kind of whitening toothpaste. Um, when patients come in now and tell me that they, Oh, I just started this new charcoal toothpaste. Like I like cringe for a second. I'm like, please, please, please stop. It's so abrasive. Um, what I personally use myself and what I recommend to all of our patients, and we do a lot of, uh, veneers and porcelain in our practice. So I'm mindful of that as well. Um, I recommend the Arm & Hammer Peroxy Care. Um, it's baking soda and peroxide and, Um, You know, baking soda is the lowest natural substance we can use as far as abrasivity goes. Um, I like that it has both the baking soda and the peroxide in it together. Um, And I just feel like, you know, that's, that's what I think is the best thing. That's what we recommend for our patients who do smile designs and now have a mouthful of porcelain. So that's where I tend to go with that.
1: Yeah, the the minimal additives like I feel like so much of toothpaste these days is just additives and marketing yeah. and shiny and sparkly yeah. and whatever, and it's just not good for our patients. A lot of it is that microabrasion, or a lot of it is just stuff that they don't need. You know, it's just additives, foaming agent agents, colors. Like we don't want any of that in our food. Why would we put it in our mouths to be absorbed by our gums and our teeth? You know, like why are we recommending these things? So this is just like a way to I think get back to the basics. I also recommend. Uh, the peroxicare toothpaste because it is it's just get back to the basics let's stay simple you don't need all the the crap in the the um the sparkly box that right. it comes in like right. it doesn't it doesn't matter it's just good marketing kind of like medium hard toothbrushes are you know no one right. should put one of those in their mouths but people buy them because they have an impression that it's going to be clean more effectively when it should really just be used on tile grout, you know? Like there's no <laughs> reason why that should ever touch yeah. a person's teeth, so but hard people hard buy them. Yet. Entirely <laughs> I say that to my patients. I'm like a hard or medium toothbrush. You never touch your teeth. You can keep it for cleaning your tile or cleaning your, um, toilet or like whatever you want, but don't put it in your mouth, please.
0: That's what they can do with the rest of that charcoal toothpaste that they put. Yes. Yes. Scrub your floors, (laughs) scrub your floors. (laughs) Um, And then I would say, I mean, I know we've talked about a lot of things here, and I'm sure there's still so many things we're not really delving into. But lastly, um, you know, Brittany and I both are the hugest fans of PerioProtect trays. Um, I'm not going to go real deep into that. If that's something you're hearing for the first time, I would say jump back to our podcast number eight, and we will tell you everything you need to know about PerioProtect. But to me, it is the number one way to treat our patients Um, as comprehensively and as non-invasively as possible for, to really maintain their long-term overall health.
1: Agreed. Could not agree more. I'm just making sure that that is podcast number eight, because I want to make sure it was posted on March 3rd. Let's see the details. This is, I don't know what number it is, but it was posted on March 3rd. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So that about Wraps this up. We would love to hear what some of your favorite things are. I'm sure that there's so much that and I don't know about because, oh my gosh, the amount of products that there are available to us, um, over the counter and via professional, um, uh, distributors is enormous. So we would love to know what you guys use, um, what you liked about this, uh, what you didn't like, uh, if you have recommendations or questions for us about any of this. So you can join us on our mighty network by downloading the app. Uh, it's Mighty Networks, and then searching Bulletproof Hygiene. We can get connected there and chat further about these things. And as always, we would absolutely love to see you guys, see your faces, meet you in person yeah. at our summit uh, this coming July. It's July 9th and 10th. Is that right or is it 8th and 9th? We butcher this every time. I think it's 9th and ninth. I think it's 9th and 10th too, but that's, that's the weekend you should, you should reserve. Um, it's in Austin. It's going to be live there. It's a two-day Event, uh, We're going to be breaking out into a hygiene track, a team track. Uh, we're all going to join together and talk about some things, but it's a really cool event to bring your whole team. As a hygienist, this is just game-changing, I think, because it's an event where your doctor can go, you can go, your admin team can go, and you can all learn about the same stuff. And then brainstorm together when you return to work on Monday about how to start implementing these things. Because we know that one of the most frustrating things is you go to CE or your doc goes to CE and you didn't learn the same CE. And now you're trying to implement something to someone else and trying to convince someone else that this is a good idea. This is an opportunity for y'all to get on the same page. uh, And it's kind of a one of a kind experience. So we hope that you guys will join us there. If you want more information on that, you can go to the Bulletproof Summit. Actually, it's just bulletproofsummit.com. And you can register, you can see about costs, about specifics and flights and hotel reservations,
0: all stuff. So we really hope to see you there. Sharice, uh, is there anything that I forgot to mention? I don't think so. I want to thank everybody for their time and listening. And like I said, I really, this was all about things that make our jobs easier. So please, please, please reach out, tell us what's working for you. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Everybody have a great week.